the CEO of your life in biz? I'm Emily Alderson, and I'm on a mission to elevate the beauty industry one success story at a time. If knowledge is power and seeing is believing, imagine what could happen if you expanded your mind to the possibilities. What kind of shift could you make happen? This is Stories with Stylists. Welcome to Cosmo CEO, the podcast. This is going to be a really cool episode because we have senior sales director, Mary Lawyer with us with Brazilian professionals, and she's going to kind of give us her perspective on the beauty industry from a brand um, perspective, which is really exciting. So thanks so much for being here, Mary. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this, Emily. I'm super excited. Mary um, was um, our rep. She kind of moved districts and we miss her so, so much. She is like a unicorn. I mean, if you have sales reps, you know that they are, um, can be like your best friends in the industry and they can just be non-existent. So um, she is always there for us. She shows up. She is passionate about what she does. And so I'm so excited to like hear your story and see how you got into it and really how you can help um, continue to support stylists, especially now when things are a little crazy. But um, yeah, keep the industry moving forward. So tell us how a bit about your background. Um, you're not a hairstylist, but you started in beauty. So tell us where you came from and then how, what led you to hair? Yes. Well, if I could say from the time I was eight years old, I actually did love hair and makeup. Really? <laughs> thought of that. My mom got me one of those uh, Farrah Fawcett dolls, like the bus set with the suction cup that sticks to the nice. And I taught myself how to French braid and so, so funny. And I just thought of that just now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just reminded me that I kind of always loved beauty. But when I was about 19, I started out in cosmetics. I worked for Estee Lauder, for Macy's, um, Bullocks at the time. I can't believe that was so long ago. Uh, But I I really got into just helping women feel beautiful and doing whatever I could to listen and and feel useful, you know, and just having them walk away from me feeling like they could do whatever they needed to do that day and feel good about it. And so I, I became a trainer after that because I wanted to help other hair, or I'm sorry, other artists, other makeup artists be able to do that. And I always just had this sense of, if someone's not succeeding, like they deserve to, you know, and if their manager or if the people in their life are not supporting them, like maybe I can support them. And I just thought like, that was kind of a thought I had that whole time. So I wanted to be an educator so badly. And I ended up working for Merle Norman Cosmetics. Um, You might be familiar, there's studios all over the country. Uh, And so I became part of a team of four women and we would write courses take them on tour throughout the U.S. and Canada and teach um, these studio owners how to work with skincare, makeup, how to make their clients feel good, how to work with their team of, you know, studio um, stylists in their, in their salons uh, with cosmetics and even just working with the business. So there were all, all aspects of beauty in that way. But after three years of traveling, you know, it definitely got to be a little bit much um, I think I would go to two cities in every week. And while it was so much fun in my early 20s, uh, after a while, I was like, you know, 
am I destined to be in cosmetics forever? Like, can I do anything else? Mm-hmm. Can I sell anything else? And so I was so curious. I ended up uh, working for Staples Corporate. Wow. I worked, I know, <laughs> opposite. I was like, well, how about office supplies? Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to laugh because when I interviewed for the Merle Norman position, the, the head trainer, you know, she, in the interview, she said, okay, Mary, so I want you to sell me this paperclip. <laughs> oh, it's like full circle. You're like, I know how to sell a paperclip. Oh, hire me, Staples. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, it's hilarious. And I thought, oh my God, I ended up selling office supplies. After <laughs> but, but I found like just connecting with people that um, part of me still was alive. You know, and I still got to connect, even though I was working with CFOs and dealing with spreadsheets and working with, you know, um, the pr- like profit and loss and all mm-hmm. of that, when it came to office supplies, um, I still got to connect with people, use my personality. And I realized that's really it. You know, that's what matters is whether, no matter what you're selling or whatever um, service industry you're in, it's all about connecting with other people and finding out what, how are we alike and how can we help each other uh, get move forward and progress and be successful. So after three years of working with Staples, of course, I totally miss beauty. And I was like, oh, okay, I, how can I get back into cosmetics? But then this job with Brazilian professionals came up and I thought, well, hair, that's, still in beauty, but it's a whole different aspect. And I was so curious. So that's when I started working for Brazilian professionals and can't believe it's been over 10 years since that happened. And it's been such a fun ride. I feel like I've worked with so many amazing stylists that now I kind of have stylist envy. (laughs) As you see with my magenta hair. I have seen your hair transform (laughs) over those years. And yes, it's really exciting. And I feel like this is how I get to have fun. You know, I can still myself and and learn from some people. So yeah, Yeah, it is so fun. When, okay, so when you started out, were you just basically going into salons, into salons, into salons? Is that, was that kind of your introduction? Yeah, so in the beginning, um, what's interesting is Brazilian professionals didn't have a huge support system in the beginning because I was the second rep they ever hired. So it was very new. So I would go into salons, like maybe leave my business card. And around that time is when we saw Brazilian blowout on Access Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And so that's when celebrities were asking for it. Then clients were like, oh my God, I need this done. And it just became this, it started like a wildfire. Like everybody wanted it and it grew. So yes, I would, I would visit salons and then we would do some educational classes. Um, I didn't quite catch on the importance of um, like emailing or texting, like this was all just an evolution. I started to figure out, you know, what, what do stylists need? You know, I would ask questions like, okay, so how can I help you? And, and how, how can I keep in touch? Because as stylists, you know, you guys were so busy all the time, so I didn't want to disturb. And so it was just an evolution of figuring out what your situation was like, your schedule, and then how can I still support you to do well? And and work on your terms, basically. Yeah, it is one of those things where um, I guess unlike other industries, 
when the salesperson comes in, like we're busy, you know, we're blow drying, we're doing our things. We don't necessarily schedule meetings. I don't know if other industries do that, but we're just like, come in and talk to me while I'm having lunch real quick or come in like, I'm doing this haircut. It's fine. She likes Brazilian. Just tell me what's going on. You know, we're always kind of multitasking. Sometimes I would try to make appointments, but at the end of the day, I mean, your time is so valuable because every hour is an opportunity for you to see another client and make more money. So like, who am I to, you know, dip into that time is kind of how I felt too. So yeah, it definitely was an evolution where people would say, yeah, oh my gosh, if you can text me this info so I can take a look at it tonight. So then I got on a plan of, okay, let me, let me text you and or let's, let's email you. Okay, let's do a class. And, and it just evolved how I would support everybody. That's so cool. What would you say your kind of perspective on the stylist was? So you're coming in, asking them to try this new thing, sell it to their clients. What was kind of the feedback in the beginning? Or what well, did you see yeah. stylists like react to that? So remember, I mean, I was new into the hair industry when I first came in. So I kind of was looking at it all with with new perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and as I would work with the stylist, it became clear there seemed to be two types of stylists. You know, one seemed to be more timid about offering retail aftercare, you know, about offering something new. It's almost like they... I don't know if they were afraid of hearing no. Mm-hmm. And so that fear made them not want to offer it, but they seemed to to wait until the client asked for it, you know, like, oh, I want balayage or, oh, can you do highlights for me? Or what do you think about extensions? Or, you know, they would ask. And that's when that stylist would, would give it to them. But then I noticed another type of stylist they would get so excited about what they could offer, whether it be um, a new retail product that would solve their client's problem or a new service like Brazilian Blowout. They would get so excited, they would just offer it to their clients. So it was either waiting for the client to ask for it or the other stylists would just get so excited, they would tell everyone about it. Like, oh my gosh, you need to get this done. It's so amazing. You'll love it. And I noticed that second stylist was tended to be more successful, obviously, because they, they would suggest more, they, they would get more referrals. Um, they, they seem to do better. And so right away I thought, okay, how can I get that first stylist to be more confident or to kind of come out of their shell to feel, to own that role as the hair doctor, you know, mm-hmm. to own that you went to school, you know, about hair. <laughs> this is your job like the client actually does respect you and will listen to you because you're the expert so don't be afraid you know like that's kind of been I think my mission all these years is to help that that stylist do that I think that really is so so special I mean even if you don't notice it yourself but a lot of people would just take option two, which is kind of the easy route and be like, this is my cash cow, you know, like I'm going to focus on them and sell everything to them versus like really support the people that need it and probably want it and just don't really know what to do next. So you started actually creating classes for Brazilian that they didn't necessarily offer before that were more than just, um, the products, right? Yeah, it was, um, I always thought, you know, the power in numbers, if we could get a group of stylists together, how successful could everyone be together? Because they're going to give each other ideas in a group, you know, and 
and I mean, after you've been to so many Brazilian block classes or B3 classes, you know, sometimes there were stylists who felt like, okay, I think I've seen everything. So I started to ask, like, what else do you want to learn? You know, how, how else can I get everyone together? What else can we teach you? And so balayage was a huge thing that everyone would ask for. Like there's almost, there's so many techniques you can never have enough balayage education, you know? So I started creating these really fun, I called them the Mary's Underground Balayage Classes. And you you might remember, we would we would get like 50 stylists, 60 stylists into a, a big salon and we had so much fun. And I would um, get certain educators together that I found from our company even that were so talented and they were able to do the classes with me. And then of course, as I would interview the stylist again asking, okay, what else do you want to learn? Social media came up quite a bit because as that started to get more popular, we started to see stylists getting clients from social media. Of course, that became something where everyone would tell me, God, I don't feel like I really understand it. I don't know how to work it, you know? And so just giving out business cards was no longer a sufficient way of gaining new clientele. Um, they really, it seemed, needed to understand social media. So even though I, I was never an expert, I started to just ask the expert, you know, and I would have some guest speakers and created a class for that. And that was extremely fun too. Yeah, I think you kind of definitely pioneered the way in looking at what we do outside of just standing behind the chair and doing pretty hair I mean I remember you being one of the first people that was like this is a business you need to like retail numbers actually mean something you're not just like trying to sell shampoo and um and again with social media I mean this was the first time that I had heard about hashtags or anything you know this is a long time ago before it was like everybody was talking about it and I think that that was huge Oh, yes. a huge and I remember uh, and it came to me too because I remember back in the day my grandmother would find her services her hairstylist from the yellow pages you know from the phone book <laughs> and so when we talk about hashtags in the class too it becomes it's hilarious because you think about it hashtags are the new yellow pages right that's where you find your manicurist your massage mm-hmm. your masseuse your hairstylist um, your vacation rental. I mean, like this is how people search because it's so visual. So I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's really exciting. What, um, where do you see yourself going in this industry? Like, is there more room for growth? I mean, you work for an amazing company that fully backs you and how do you really navigate that? I mean, is there room for growth? <laughs> yes. Um, well, first of all, I mean, I definitely feel so thankful that Brazilian professionals have been so supportive. Like they, they let me do um, classes. I can pretty much create whatever type of class that I want uh, to be able to support the, the stylists out there. Um, so I feel so grateful for that. I'm able to give testers. I'm able to, in fact, um, if I can share, you know, our CEO, when I first started, he said, um, never, ever go into a salon empty handed. Like that was his, that was his motto, you know, always leave something behind, you know, give them a taste of something new, like be generous. And so that kind of stuck with me. You know, I thought that's so cool that 
that's that he's telling me to do that. <laughs> and so I always thought that I, I want my my mission has always been like, okay, how do we solve a new problem that your client has? And how do we help you be the hero to be able to solve that problem with a new service, with you know, a new product based on, of course, technology advancements. Um, and then in the process, help you make more money so that you have more freedom in your life to do what you want to do. So I feel like there, there's no cap on that. You know, there's no ceiling on that. And I can always do more of that. The beauty of this company that I work with is I feel like every year, every six months, they're finding a new solution. You know, they're with new technology. We're, we're finding a new solution, a new service to solve that new problem. So I feel like I always have something to show, something to offer, something to help mm-hmm. you all to make more money. So it never gets boring for me. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, yeah. there are reps where you're like begging for a foil packet of something oh, to try, you yeah. know, and literally Mary comes in like... <laughs> I just picture like like a basket of flowers and all of her samples. Yeah, like full size, you know, like here's the whole thing. You're like, yes, try it, please use it, you know. And that's that's the company backing you. That's you truly believing in what you're selling. And I think even for a stylist, no matter what it is you're selling, if you truly believe in it, that it will work and that will solve problems for your clients it's a no brainer. It's an easy sell. Absolutely. And I just, I always come back to the idea that you're a hair doctor, you know, you go to the doctor and you're going to tell him what your symptoms are. He's not going to show you every single medicine they have, right? right? So that's just, he's not going to write your prescription for every single medicine there is. <laughs> he's got to figure out like, okay, let's narrow it down. So, and I think this comes back to when I worked for Estee Lauder because they kind of drilled in us, you do a consultation, you ask the right questions because we have so many different options. Mm-hmm. If you don't give your clients the, the option that works for them, then they're not going to want to spend the money on it, number one, but then they're not going to come back to buy it again. And then they're going to be upset with you because you just gave them whatever, right. you know, versus making it personal and figuring out, okay, your hair's dry. Let me give you the shampoo for dry hair. (laughs) And and it sounds simple, but it's true, you know, because even if, especially if you're in a salon that has multiple um, brands and products, it's, yeah, it's best to narrow down. And and that also I find works with scheduling. People don't want too many options. They just want you to be in charge, you know? So give them two options for products, give them two options for their next appointment. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. It's overwhelming if it's too much. We're already making too many decisions in our lives, right? What do we have for dinner? Okay, where, where do we go on vacation? <laughs> it's nice when someone kind of like takes it off our plate, right? Yeah, like I got you. This is, this is going to be amazing. You're going to love it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah that was so, so funny. Oh my God. Um, uh, I like to that Brazilian with their latest, well, I guess Brazilian blow and end, but leaf and flower. I just want to talk about that a little bit because they really worked hand in hand with the stylist to create it. So can you tell us a little bit how that went? Yeah, it was, um, you know, since CBD became available, right, became legal, we started um, experimenting, testing it, working with it. And this was the first time that the company worked with a whole panel of stylists to test out the products as they were developing it. So along the way, if the stylist said, oh, we hate the scent, 
they would change it. <laughs> or we don't like the consistency, it's too greasy, or it needs to be more like this, they would change it. And I remember our CEO, he, he shared with us how our chemist would get so upset because he would often not agree with what the stylist said, but our CEO said, okay, well, this, they're asking for this, so just do it. (laughs) But the beauty of it is that, I mean, when the line was completed, it was so cool to think, well, it was sort of created by stylists for stylists, you know? So it was really, really neat. I thought, and the fact that we've never done that before, I think we'll, we'll definitely be doing it more in the future for our future products for sure. And of course, now the scent is like so good. <laughs> Literally anytime I'm shampooing, people are like, Oops, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, I love want to eat it. Yeah. You're just like, okay, yeah, give it to me. It is really good. <laughs> it's really good. And that it's kind funny. of, um, it's interesting to see how the brand has unfolded, like everything under the Brazilian um, umbrella. Yeah. I know. I mean, in the beginning, right, it was just Brazilian blowout. And now I think, oh my gosh, 10 years later, we have Brazilian blowout. There's B3, there's B3 demi conditioner. Now we have, you know, leaf and flower CBD hair care for the scalp and the hair. And then we just came out with the new rewind um, part of the Brazilian blowout line, but that's a whole nother treatment for aging hair. So, I mean, yeah, it's that that's where I say, like, as long as clients have needs again that's never going to go away right. we will keep creating um something a service a product to solve that so that mm-hmm. you all can make it happen <laughs> yeah and it's so interesting because they all they all work so beautifully together yet yeah. they all solve very specific problems yes yes yes, yes. Really yeah it's so true but I remember um I was in a salon and it, it was last week on Friday just as the salons were starting to open and I did have the stylist she said to me she's like Mary I just I don't retail I don't know why I just don't retail and it was a really interesting conversation <laughs> because I was like really you don't I mean what are your clients using when they go home I mean aren't they using something don't you want them to use the right stuff to maintain what you just did for them today you know and she kind of looked at me like yeah you're right I just I just feel bad because like what if they can't afford it I mean this was a real conversation yeah Yeah. and I said you know I totally get it because you care so much for your clients and you want to look out for them so but I shared her the story. I said, when I was in cosmetics, you know, I was 19 years old, I was quite timid. And I admit, I would judge people by the way they looked. I mean, I was 19, right? So this woman comes in with sweats, no makeup, her hair is a mess. Mm-hmm. And she's, but my manager is right next to me. I'm 19. So I figure, okay, well, I just, I got to do my job. You know, I just do it. I'm being watched here. And so I did a consultation with this woman and asked her the right questions about, you know, what concerns she had with her skin. Turns out she had really um, lines and wrinkles around her eyes and you know, all this stuff. Sure, so sure. went through all the steps of what products um, we had that would help solve those problems, you know, and I would say things like, okay, you mentioned that the crow's feet here, the expression lines, that's your big thing. This particular cream, it focuses on that and helps hydrate. And so I would always um, connect it, you know, with mm-hmm. what her concern was. After about 15, 20 minutes, she ended up buying like $2,000 worth of product. <laughs> and I'm 19, right? And I was like, 
my mouth almost dropped open, but I had to be like, okay, okay, great. You're like, and here's your total. <laughs> yes. And my manager was like, good job afterwards, you know, and inside I thought, oh my gosh, okay, note to self. Mm-hmm. You never know yeah. what someone can afford. You really cannot judge even by what they tell you. They might tell you like, oh my gosh, I can't afford this or that. But if what you're offering them will solve a big enough problem for them, mm-hmm. then in their mind, it may be worth it to do whatever they have to do to be able to buy that because of what it means for them. You know, it is the solution to the problem that's maybe been make, you know, making them crazy. And with hair, oh my gosh, I can name so many problems that women have told me, like, I'm going crazy over this. <laughs> and I think that's why sometimes even with Brazilian blowout, women will say, okay, it has changed my life <laughs> because yeah. of the freedom of time or, you know, but um, that on Friday, like that, that really reminded me of, you know, how important it is to not judge. Don't judge your client's pocketbook, you know, mm-hmm. just do your job as their hair doctor and then give them their options. Right. And they will decide. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes even if they don't decide the first time or the second yeah. time, you know, yeah. maybe the third time, but once they get hooked, I mean, it's usually, <laughs> it's usually pretty easy. Yeah. They yeah. see the value in it when they can like, when they get it, because even though the ticket price may feel expensive in that moment, yeah, it's not that much more than what's going on at the store. And if you can convey to them what the difference is, I mean, I always just tell them it's, you know, quality of ingredients, like you get what you pay for really, because the consumer that's shopping at the supermarket, they want a big bottle for a little price, you know, sometimes it, um, yeah, they don't, they don't want to see that big ticket for a small bottle, but once they learn how to use it properly, how they get more longevity out of it, all those things, yeah, it's an easy sell, but what would be like your piece of advice for like how to convey, I guess, value or importance um, in buying salon quality products? Well, uh, first I would let them know about the technology involved, like why it's so special. Um, usually there's a few ingredients that you can mention, like with our, our CBD line, for example, um, I talk about how we haven't just used CBD, how we've actually combined three different cannabinoids from the cannabis plant, CBD plus CBC and CBG. And you don't have to get too technical with with clients, but give them a little taste of what new technology this is offering and why it's going to be so useful. Like these three cannabinoids help to give instant results, more magnified results, and they actually help balance the scalp and the hair at the same time. Um, And to be able to share like, okay, it's gluten-free, it's, um, you know, dioxin-free, it's vegan. Like those are some of the things that you don't always find from drugstore products or in, you know, in the grocery store. Uh, And then also talking about the specific results that you're going to get. So often with the drugstore products, they're, they're generalized and it's just a buzzword you're seeing on the packaging. But when you look on the back of the bottle, um, a lot of the ingredients are the same ingredients. Yes. So, right. So that's where um, when you have a specialty product in your salon, 
to be able to talk about what's special about it, you know, and, and why they're not going to have buildup and, and why it's not going to lather as much because it's so concentrated and because it's sulfate free, all those little things, but why it's going to help maintain what you've done for them in the mm-hmm. salon versus drying out the hair. The other thing that I, I hear a lot is clients who purchase their products in the drugstores or the grocery stores, a lot of those products, um, because of the ingredients of drying them out and, and not nourishing the hair, often they're having to use more styling products, which sometimes build up on their hair more. So then they end up having a whole bathroom full of product that maybe they don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> because they've just tried so many different things versus having an advisor like you, yeah. like their, their stylist actually prescribe the right one. So they end up, in my opinion, they end up spending less money in the long run. Don't you agree? Because now it's it's more focused yet. Mm -hmm. Now they, they're only buying what's going to work for their hair versus, well, this looks good. Okay. I'll try that. Oh no, I didn't like that. Okay. Let me try this other one. (laughs) And just trying a bunch of different things. Yeah. I think prescribe is such a great word for that. And the doctor analogy, because even, even if it's not at the drugstore, even if it's at an Ulta or a Sephora, you know, of course there's great products in there. Yes, you can find something that's good, but just wandering the shelves and looking aimlessly for something or asking the person that works there, even if the person knows about the products, they don't know you. And that's where our value comes into hand. I've worked with you. I've done your hair over and over. I've asked you all the questions and all the things provided I've done my end of it and gone to the classes, right? And learned about the things, but I know you and I know your hair. So why would you just go ask a random teenager at Ulta what's going to be best for you? She doesn't know you, you know? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I completely agree. Um, And it's just like, like we were saying earlier, um, having that confidence, you know, and if the client ends up not being your client, um, being okay with that too. I think like one, one stylist told me she, she had, she hadn't raised her prices in like 10 years. So she finally decided, okay, I'm going to raise like $5 <laughs> because it's been like 10 years, you know, and, and knowing the value of, of her time and her expertise, she decided, okay, it's time. And, and there was like one or two people, you know, who, who weren't okay with that. And she had to be okay with them not coming back because mm-hmm. she realized, okay, now I have two more open spots for new clients to, to, to pay what I'm worth, you know, what the work that I'm putting in, the value I'm giving them. Um, and I thought, yeah, that, that's such a good point too, because how often does that happen? Yeah. We wait so many years and, and don't raise your prices and charge what you're worth, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's so huge. I shameless plug for my course, <laughs> CEO, but we do talk about that, that profit and loss. And part of my journey and my story is that I did raise my prices every year. I did think I was doing all the things, but ultimately because I wasn't tracking and because I wasn't paying attention to the numbers, all I did was account for inflation. So I never actually got a raise. Mm. And it, it's so easy to do, you know, <laughs> but I think knowing what you need to do and then implementing it, those are big steps and it is scary and you are going to lose people and you just have to 
be okay with that and, and just keep rolling forward. I totally agree. I mean, I remember, and I guess that's what gets me excited is when a stylist says to me, oh my God, I totally used that tip you gave me and I made this much more money. And I'm like, you go girl, you know, or you go mister. I, I, I just love that because I, I feel like, okay, I, I could make a difference or help them make a difference with their mm -hmm. clients. Like there was one gal, her name is Lauren. She's in uh, Elisa Viejo um, over at Kenneth Brown Salon. And she first got B3. Uh, and she at first was like, Mary, I don't think my clients are going to be okay with me charging $10 more. And I was like, well, just try it, try it for a week. You know, it's such a minimal amount. Most stylists don't even um, offer it as an option. Mm -hmm. right? They just added in because it's such a minimal amount, but her cost was only $1.50 per application, right? So she was doing good. So for a week, she just added it in. And it was so great because I got a text message by the end of the week and she's like, LOL. She's like, okay, so you're right. Nobody said anything. <laughs> they just commented about how amazing their hair looked, how shiny it was, how vibrant the color was. And she's like, I made um, $500 more this week because I added B3. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't even really realize how much more I can make, but it just added up. Yes. And, and then she's like, LOL, I think I just started a new savings account. <laughs> but like, ah, I, I love when that type of thing happens, you know, where yes. they see that, that light. Yeah. And I think um, what you've done with your classes and showing those actual numbers, because it's shocking. Like if you've never priced out like okay, this is what this co it costs per application. And then this was what I could make from it. Yeah, 500 bucks. I mean, that's hours and hours and hours on time and effort, not just behind the chair, but going on social media or whatever you're else you're doing to get a new client versus yeah. just adding 10 bucks on to every client. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's a no brainer. But you have yeah. to really focus on those facts and, and really see them. And you do such a great job of letting the stylist know this is possible. This is what this looks like. Wait, what if you did this many things over the year? What if you sold this much over the year? And stylists are like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize oh, that. Like, I could do that. Yeah. yeah. Could you use it an extra $15,000 this year? Like, would that be helpful? <laughs> with, with no extra time? Okay. Well, let's, let's help you out with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hugely helpful. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. There's so many different aspects of this business that I just love because it is so creative. Mm -hmm. So, and yet you can make a living, you know, you can be creative and do your art. Um, but then, like you said, not um, overlook the business aspect and you can do really, really well yeah. and, and be authentic and, and be real and not feel like you're um, overcharging or, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you don't have to feel like you're ripping people off. Yes. I think that's so important. Um, what would you say to people that were maybe curious about what you do about getting into sales or working with a brand in any capacity? Yes, that's a great question. Um, sales, and I tell everyone too, whenever I talk to a new rep that I'm training, I tell them, look, it's got to be about more than the money for you in this job. And I feel that way with, with every type of service job. You know, if you don't truly care about what you're doing, you're just in it for the money, you're going to get burned out really quickly. And so with sales, even though like we have quotas and, you know, we have to sell each day, we have goals, 
Uh, for me, it's always been more about how can I assist? How can I help? And if that is your attitude in your job with sales, especially, you're going to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a, what's the word I would be looking for? Um, it's a demanding job. I will say that because you you want to be accessible and reliable to everyone. They need you. And so when you say you're going to be somewhere, right, you better be there. Or you better follow through with what you said you're going to do for them. Um, and because of that, it, it can be a 12 hour a day job, you know, so, and it's, it's usually full, full time. We don't work on the weekends, but definitely on Mondays, we'll do education. If anyone wants to be involved, like they can certainly contact me, you know, send me their resume um, or even just ask questions. And now that the salons in Orange County are open, sometimes if someone's, I've done this a couple of times where stylists did a little ride along with me for a couple hours mm-hmm. just to see what I do. Mm-hmm. And then it gives them like an open-minded aspect of, okay, this is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, some people love it. Some people don't, you know, it's really, it, I don't know if it's for everyone. Um, it just depends on your, your personality and, and what feeds you creatively, you know, but I, I really enjoy it. Uh, some days are definitely harder than others, you know, depending on what I'm doing. But overall, I just love, I love seeing stylists become more successful and for, for me to be useful in that process, you know, to be able to help them get to the next level. We're always looking for educators as well. I find that's a more um, popular route that mm-hmm. a lot of stylists will do. Now it's a little bit more difficult just because with, um, with COVID-19, we're not doing in-person classes, sure. but I'm always looking for guests in my Zoom classes. I do those every Monday. So I'm always looking for for guests there. And then we will do um, Zoom meetings with stylists and salons across the country too. So there's definitely an opportunity. And I think as as we get into um, a situation where we're able to do in-person classes again, I think that will change everything as well. Yeah. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective on everything and all your knowledge. Um, Where can people find you on social media? So on Instagram, I'm Mary Brazilian Blowout. They're welcome to to follow me. Um, Where else? I'm on Facebook as well as Mary Lawyer. And from those avenues, I have contact information where you're welcome to call me or email me. Um, I love chatting and helping. If anyone has questions, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll link everything in the show notes. So um, even cool. like, yeah, if you want to do education and things like that and check out the Monday Zoom meetings, I mean, they're free and it's like, yeah, great, great education. Why not, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here and hopefully we can see you in real life soon. I know, right? Thanks, Emily, for having me. This has just been so delightful and I can't wait to do it again. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, and I know you did, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love hearing from other stylists, so take a screenshot of the episode and tag me in it at Mindful Hair by Emily. If you have a story to share and would like to be on a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you guys next Monday with more Stories with Stylists.